We back? Yes. And we are better than ever. Thanks. No more because sadness. No. <laughs> we were depressed for no a good. No more crying. Yeah. No more crying. We were, we're depressed. Um, I just want to say, Sarah, when I meet you, it's on site. Shit. <laughs> just know that. It's on Know that site. if nothing else. Not a hi, not a good morning, good afternoon, how are you? How dare you? Just a straight how, how dare, dare you? you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my so God. as long as she knows. Uh, <laughs> so we finished the book. We Yay! did. Yay. We did. It was a big beast of a bitch, but we finished it. It's, that's an understatement because I think this is probably one of the biggest books I've ever read. Well, Midnight Sun. Uh, well, I mean, besides that, yeah. I'm just saying it's one of. It's definitely one of the biggest yeah. books I've, I've ever read. Like, the thickness yeah. of it. And, yeah. Um, But yeah, I think Silver Flames, A Court of Silver Flames is actually bigger than this, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to have to look at that. I do have that book somewhere here. I'm just going to have to, like, compare. <laughs> yeah. So, without further ado, let us jump, jump into in. the last chapters of A Court of Wings and Ruin. Woo-woo! So we pick up chapter 77 with my mental breakdown. Reese is dead. Yeah, girl. It was, those are real fucking tears, bro. I was distraught for the rest of the day. That was legit. I was in shock. I went to the gym. I had to like exercise all of that. I was just like, what? Yeah. I like, I went and got myself some ice cream. It was a whole thing. Yep. Yep. So Feyre, speaking of distraught, Feyre is losing her (laughs) shit, bro. She is losing her shit. She has her body over Reese. She's like holding him. She's shaking him. Somebody tried to pull her off and she was like, like, like a legit pit oh. bull. Like she was guarding him and everything. It was Theseon though, who was trying to pull her off so that he could actually check Reese and see if there was mm-hmm. anything that could be done. Um, and everybody has gathered there. All of the High Lords, minus Tamlin and um, Cassian and Moore, Azrael, they've all made it through the war, but they're all there gathered and they don't know what to do with Feyre. Feyre is like on a oh mental God. breakdown. The the mating bond, she's like, it's in tathers. Like it's it's in ribbons. Like she can't feel anything. It's like a, a void of just straight darkness. Yeah, she's very, very upset, crying, screaming, like, and then tells the High Lord, she's like, bring him back. Did for him what you did to me. And they were like, he's High Faye. You were human. Like, we, we don't, don't know, know if that's going to work. She's like, I don't give a Fuck. Yeah. Try it. Yeah. Anything to bring him back. So way back when Reese did this for her, like he held on to her soul through the mating bond. And essentially, that's what Pharaoh was doing here. Ultimately, all it took was Tarquin to stand forward and basically be like for what he gave today and for many years before. I was like, Tarquin! (laughs) And as they're all like, as they're all giving the the little bit of light to Reese. Yeah. She's like, how do I do it? How do I do it? Like, teach me how to do it. And I think Tarquin. No, it's Theseon. Theseon. Oh, Theseon, yeah. Theseon, Theseon walks tells over her, to like, her. how to. Yeah, because yeah. she's a high lady. So yeah. she also gives a part of herself to Reese to give him back. Yeah. Tamlin actually walks in. But it clicks for her, though, because she's, like, standing there and it's like, oh, shit, we're missing one. Because I, it needs to be all of the high lords. And granted, they um threaten Baron to give his portion up. That yeah, shit. Yeah, holds a fucking sword to his throat and he pushes away. He's like, I was going to do it anyway. No, he wasn't. Moore was like, listen, I got no problem having one more body count for the day. Like, I was right. like, damn. Right. So Baron does it, and then Tamlin is the last person to come in, and Feyre's just like, please. I'll like, do anything. Please. She says, I, I will, will give do you anything. anything. 
It's that begging. And I was like, oh, God. It was that begging. Because oh, it says, wait, because it says that he does have an emotion that she can't place. Like something shifted in his yeah. eyes, but not kindness. Finally, he just, when she's begging and begging, he just goes over and he's like, be happy, Thera. And he drops a little kernel of power into Reese. I sat there and I was like, bro, that got me. I, that got me we, right there. We were already talking about how complex this character was, like how we loved him in the beginning, hated him, and then like na- like then he saved Farah from the, the war camp, and like now this, and I just like was like again, it doesn't excuse what he did before, but I'm just kind of like okay, and I I completely agree with you. It doesn't excuse what he did before, no, but I do believe that he has somewhat redeemed himself. I think it's a very small redemption here. It's a very small Small redemption. redemption. And I'm actually okay with that. He doesn't need any more of a redemption from here. That's it. That was him. He did exactly what I needed him to do. I agree. So it's like, I'm fine with him now. Like, I'm okay with him now. Yeah, I think for me, it was, again, doesn't excuse everything he's done. But this little bit, like him saving Farah, him giving up that little kernel to give Reese back to Farah, knowing that like, well, if I kept it, Reese would be gone. And like, that would be like the ultimate revenge, right? Like, oh, I don't get to be right. happy. You don't get to be happy type of thing. Exactly. But the fact that he turned around, he just told Farrah, like, be happy and gave that colonel up. Like, to me, I sat there and I was just like, he truly, truly loved Farrah. And this was very much a, yeah. I just want you to be happy. Like, it might not be with me and that is okay, but I, just, I would prefer you be happy. Now, not only is that some fucking grown man shit that is some character goddamn development yes yeah and i am so here for it he knows he did wrong he knows he did wrong and he was just kind of like i lost her and i have to accept that and he did right and he was as long as she's happy then it is what it is and i was just kind of like oh tamlin Tamlin." i know like goddamn pulling at my heartstrings i'm supposed to not like you Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was um that was the cherry on top for me. And as she's waiting for Reese to come back, Feyre is feeding all of these images into his mind uh, or into the mating bond, the little shreds of it left about how she felt when she first met him oh, and yeah. everything under the mountain, and then like falling in love with him and her first laugh with him in Starfall, and then she shows him their future together. She's like, you still have so much life left to live. Come back, come back. But it legit, th- this was a, if you remember the end of Breaking Dawn, the very last film, wh- I mean, even the very oh last God, book, yes! when when uh, Bella opens up her mind for Edward to be able to see everything from the moment she first met him as a human all the way up to when she was turned into a vampire and so on and so forth. Like, that's essentially what happened here. She shows all of that to him just to be like, I'm here for you. You need to come back. He does come back. He, he comes back. <laughs> he comes back with like the lamest of dad jokes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. He's like, well, if we're all here, either something went very, very wrong or very right. right. I was like, okay, guy. All right. Yes. And wait, what about Healy? And he's like, yeah, you sure know how to make an entrance or an exit. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Too fucking soon, Helios. Facts. And then we get another fucking surprise. Reese is like, can somebody pull Amran out of the cauldron? I was like, <gasps> what? He brought her back. He was going to go, but heard Feyre stayed, extended his hand to Amran to see if she wanted to come back. He gave her that choice and she came back. I know. Varian was like, bet my bitch is back. <laughs> he 
like ran to the cauldron. He was like, "Mo girl. And they, they pulled her out. My notes at the end of this chapter, weeping tears of joy. It was Infinity War and Endgame <laughs> all in one. However, when they did pull Amran out and they looked at her, Amran did give up something to the cauldron. She gave up her powers. Amran is now yep. solely high fae. Yeah. And I'm going to be very interested to see how that plays out for her living a normal life. Normal high fae life, I, I mean, guess. She's dating the prince of the summer court. So it's it's still going to be very cushy like very interesting yeah 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 yeah, we'll see we'll see Mm -hmm. but i was just glad they were both back and that brings us into chapter huh chapter 78 brings us into chapter 78 bitch i was about to say that (laughs) (laughs) that brings us into chapter 78 and (laughs) they were like i don't want to leave reese i i'm holding his hand i don't want to let him go i can't even believe this is real he's like it's real i'm okay we're here but um, she does let him go, and she and her sisters go to bury their dad. Their dad. Well, not bury him, but she's like cremate have to him. Have something for him. They cremated yeah. him. So, so yeah, yeah. So they're at the top of the hill. King Hybron's body is still laying there, decapitated as fuck. Vultures are pecking at him and stuff, and they just and Nesta spits at him one last time. I was like, all right, yes. Nesta. She's like, bitch. bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So they're there and Elena's like, should we say a prayer? And so Feyre says um, the cauldron's prayer. Yeah. Like, may mother hold you, may she guide you, may you have eternal peace and mm-hmm. live in the land of milk and honey and stuff like that. And then she uses the last bit of her power that she has for the day to cremate their father. And they watch his ashes just blow off in the wind. Yeah. I thought that this was a really beautiful moment. And I thought that was a major character development for the dad as well. Yes. Even though we didn't get to see him as much since the first book, I think that was a complete 180 for him from going to being pitiful and in despair and doing nothing to gathering up an army to fight for his, his daughters. mortal lands, for his daughters. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm sad that he had to die. Yeah. He was like the Scarlett Johansson. He couldn't be bought back. No, not at all. And then as they're standing there and they're, you know, saying their final goodbyes to their father, Lucian appears. Yes! Lucian was obviously up in the fight. I don't know if he was on a ship or what, but he appears and he, you know, looks at Elaine obviously first or whatever. And he sags a little bit kind of like in relief to know that she's okay. Favorite kind of goes over to him. She hugs him because that's that's her friend. That was like her first high faith friend in Perinthian. Yeah. And so she runs over. She hugs him. Granted, she's like, I know this is probably not the hug he really wanted. But, you know, somebody had to hug this man. He then went to war and back. And just wanted to make sure his mate was okay. Exactly. Even if they're not together. Right. I do want to point out on page 676, mm-hmm. he and Elaine have a little bit of a moment. So they're talking, they're walking, and Lucian speaks to her. He's like, oh, I heard that you delivered the killing blow. Like, Yeah, like he, it's very, it's a very, like, obviously Lucian is trying, not that he's trying really hard, but I think he's just trying to have an amicable relationship with yes. her. And I think it's it's a very, like, small, it's like baby steps towards potentially yeah. having a very decent mating relationship or made made a bond relationship type of thing yeah or even a friendship favorite favorite does prompt elaine because like lucian at first they don't know where lucian's gonna go after this and favorite elbows her in the rib she's like bitch say something (laughs) and elaine's like well she's basically says you could come to valaris and lucian just is like it would be my pleasure i do want to bring up as well 
he was told about Tamlin's role in all of this, how Tamlin came, how he fought, how he dragged Baron out by the goddamn Bro. throat, yes. <laughs> how he saved Reese. Yes. And Lucian's like, damn, I feel bad. I feel bad. <laughs> a little bit. Just, just a little so, bit. I'm very interested, and especially what happens later on in the end of the book, I'm very interested to see what their relationship dynamic is going to be in the next couple of books. And I also, not for nothing, but I think Lucian is warming up to, like, the inner circle. Yeah. Because of Elaine and, like, Feyre. He, him and Feyre have a very, very good relationship. Regardless of whatever happened, that is her, one of her close friends. That's one of her good friends. His relationship with the inner circle and that dynamic is going to change, and hopefully for the better, so that... His, yeah. So that he has other friends to depend on and not that it was solely Tamlin. Yeah. So with that, they make it back to the, the camp and Elaine and Lucian kind of go off together and talk, which is, again, baby steps towards potentially a healthy uh, friendship or relationship. Feyre ends up back at the tent that she shares with Reese and Miriam and Drake are there. Basically, Reese was telling them about his love story with Feyre. And Miriam is just so happy to meet Feyre for like the first. Because these are Reese's closest friends from like years back. Years back. So yeah, that actually, that leads right into chapter 79 where they're talking about that. Basically in this chapter, it was a lot of seeing the dynamic between Miriam Drake, seeing the dynamic between the four of them. Um, But ultimately in this chapter, um, Feyre asks them basically they could take the cauldron. Her concern yeah. is, and she obviously speaks to Reese through the mating bond, and he like has the same concern as her. Their concern is that one of the high lords is going to sit there and be like, well, what are we going to do with the cauldron? You know what I mean? And then try to figure out, okay, well, the cauldron should be here, or the cauldron should be in this court. That being an issue, because whoever has it has you know, a lot of power. My question for that was when they were originally looking for the cauldron, they said that it was not in pieces, but three of the legs were broken off. Correct. So as long as it's not complete, you can't use it. So my thing is like, why don't they have the majority of the cauldron taken to where Miriam and Drake are and then disperse the other three pieces somewhere where people won't find them? Because if you have the whole cauldron just sitting there. Yeah, I get it. And somebody happens upon it, then it's the same thing all, all over, over again. again. This is true. Yeah, it probably would have been better. Uh, but the the idea that Favorite comes up with is just Miriam and Drake take the whole cauldron and hide it on their island. And Drake ultimately concedes to it. Favorite also wanted to have a meeting with everybody. Yes. I was like, I don't know how the fuck this is going to work. Because we already knew from the High Lords meeting. Like how oh that shit went down. Like you want to have another meeting, <laughs> right, bitch? Like, oh on. my god! And at that, this was not just the high lords. This is everybody, humans, everybody. Yeah. So yeah. it was they. They already knew this probably wasn't gonna work out very well, but Favor wanted to have it, so they end up having this uh, meeting in her old family estate. She describes the estate is in ruins, and everybody shows up. The High Lords were the first to arrive. Baron shows up with, you know, his brood of kids. And did you notice that they say that, like, Lucian is standing by Feyre's side. When Eris walks by, Lucian completely ignores his father and his brothers, right? And it says that Eris uh, glances at Lucian and he has in his eyes what looks like sadness and regret. 
And to me, I just thought there yeah. was like, okay, we really need to start talking about Eris a little more because I really need to understand what the hell. I'm going to need some family therapy Facts. with Eris and Lucian. Facts. Also, big thing in this chapter, when Tamlin came in, oh. it was Tamlin and Lucian's reuniting for first the first time. time since he left the spring court. Yeah. And Tamlin sees Lucian in the Illyrian fighting gear and is like, you motherfucker. And <laughs> Lucian tries to talk to him. He's like, Tamlin, Tam's like, mm -mm. don't talk nope. to me. Don't talk Not to right me. Not right now. Yep. Not now. Yep. Please. I can, I can only do but so much kindness in one, one day. day before I start ripping out throats, bitches. Thanks. And he just, it says that like he had loathing in his eyes and just walked past and like didn't even say a word to Lucian. And like, yeah, Lucian. But I, I, I get that though. But then it says like Feyre looks at Lucian and in time, she, like she sees Lucian look and in Lucian's face, there's guilt and devastation. And like, obviously, because this is his oldest and dearest friend. And I'm sure yeah. Tamlin feels like, well, Lucian chose Feyre over me. Like Lucian chose them over me. And in reality, it's not that Lucian chose them over Tamlin. It's that Lucian has a really good head on his shoulders and sees the bigger picture. And he doesn't yeah. see, okay, petty stuff of I choose this person over this person or this person over this person. It's I choose, I chose to do this because this was going to help the greater good. Right. Not to mention, you didn't even tell your best friend that you were playing double agent. Facts. So he didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. But I do hope that they get on somewhat better terms later on. Jiren and Grayson are also here. They're one of the, the second to last to arrive. And um, we also meet the feisty Queen Vasa. She's the very last one to arrive, I believe. But Vasa's meeting with Feyre. Yes. Yeah, Vasa's meeting with Feyre was really interesting to me. Um, She was feisty, like Nesta. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, she is Nesta's like match. Equivalent. In a sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like she. So she's like, she comes up to Feyre and she's like, so what about this curse? Can you break it or not? And I was like, oh, basically, what, what happened to hello? Good morning. How are you? <laughs> like, she, oh, yeah, because then afterwards, like Vasa says, Lucian suggested you had gifts and the other lord, other high lords do as well. So she's like insinuating, okay, so you and the other high lords are going to help me break this curse. Yes. She doesn't even ask. She's like, yeah, so you're going to help me do this. And you're also going to help me take care of the mortal queens. Cool. I'll see you in the room for the meeting. Right. And I was like, oh. when she said that, Nesta would looked at Feyre and Nesta was like, good luck with that. <laughs> I was like, right, even Nesta, oh, even shit. Nesta was like, yeah, because I'm not dealing with her. Feyre thought to herself, Feyre was like, she asked me as if I wasn't a queen in my own right. And I was like, oh shit. Right. Like, oh, this bitch is going to be problems. Thanks. But I can already tell I'm probably going to like her if she comes back. Yeah. And at the end of the chapter, she convinces Nesta to come into the meeting room. She was going to leave. And she was like, no, you you need to be a part of this. You're not only our emissary, but you have a story to tell as well. And so they walk into the room hand in hand. They stand together. And she says, thank you all for coming. I am Feyre Archeon. I was made into High Fey. I started Mortal. I call both the lands, my home, mortal lands, and Perithian. And I want to renegotiate the treaty. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
So then that ultimately leads us in chap- into chapter 80. She talks about how negotiations started off well. And then as Lucian predicted and everybody else fucking predicted, it just kind of got strained. Yeah, because everybody's telling their stories about what happened to them, the good and the bad. Right, about, exactly. You know, interacting with Ferithian people or Fae people and the mortal people and stuff like that. I think it went better than... She thought- the High Lords meeting oh, for yes, sure. Yes. They didn't really get to deciding anything. It was just like talks of peace, but at least like it's a start. Yeah. Um, and then everybody starts to leave. And the last few people that are stragglers, Favorite is standing there and Jurin is like one of the last to go. And he's like, she asks him, you know, do you think we stand a chance of peace between all of us? Like humans and Fae. And, mm-hmm. and Jurin's like, Yeah, I do. I know. I was just like, oh, okay. So if Jorin if Jorin thinks they stand a chance, then maybe they stand Fact. a chance. Um, but also, I kind of ship Vasa and Lucian. I do, bro. Yes, I do. yes. I wanted to. I wanted to talk about that the most. Yeah. Out of the beginning of this chapter, because even when he first came upon Feyre and her sisters on the hill and was telling her about Vasa, how she's like fiery and feisty and says whatever comes to her mind, and like you guys will get along. I was like. Is there a little spark in his eye? I think there was. And then he's standing here. I think there was. Yeah, he's standing here talking to her. And he's like so at ease and laughing and leaning into her. And I'm like, okay, so I think this is something that could happen. I wouldn't mind seeing more of that relationship Me either. Me either. I was like, this would make so much sense. If she's fiery, she's a fire bird, essentially. Lucian's powers are fire, autumn court. I, to me, I just sat there and I was like, I could see this working out. I was like, I could see him being with Voss. I could see him breaking. Flame to a flame. Exactly. I could see him breaking the mating bond with Elaine, essentially, mm-hmm. to be with Vasa. And I was just like, yeah. because I think, not for nothing, thinking back on it now, I think Vasa is more like, what was her name? Jasminda? Oh, yeah. The girl that he was in love with. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, he was describing how that girl was captivating and seducing. Exactly. And all that, that sounds exactly, exactly like, Vasa. like Vasa. The only thing is the curse because, and Juria mentions it too, because he said that Vasa offered him refuge with her court. Yeah. But she has to return back to the other continent, yeah. um, to the, the sorcerer. Feyre's father basically negotiated for Vasa to come with them on a temporary basis that was temporary with with the intent of them learning or figuring out how to break her curse so that she never had to go back. Um, let's see. Also, they do return back to Valaris. Mm-hmm. Feyre makes a note of saying that, you know, the house is exactly the same. The city is exactly the same. But they themselves have, have all been changed yeah. from this experience. And I thought this was really cute. Amran makes a little note about her being a high fae now. So she's like, I guess I have to eat real food now. And Cassio's like, as opposed to the alternative. He's like, oh, what a monumental sacrifice this is. I was like, yo. And Elaine actually cracks a joke too. She's like, damn, Aaron is more cranky now than when she was an actual monster. Right. And that kind of like puts everybody a little bit more at ease. Yeah. Except for Nesta. Nesta is on the stairwell, kind of watching everything. Uh, happen and watching everybody disperse and I think or I know you and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday it's kind of like she reverted back back into to herself. how she was acting yeah. before how she kind of went back into herself 
Now, I get it, though, because Ness is dealing with a lot of trauma right now. Like, Right. We also have to take into consideration she never dealt with the trauma of being turned into high fae when she was thrown into the cauldron. Everybody is kind of like, okay, you get what I'm saying? Like, we want to help her, but at the same time, we also need her to go at her own pace and things. And so yep. I think it's... I think it's interesting that she was slowly coming out of herself and and beginning to have a really good relationship with Feyre, but with everything that happened in the war, and mind you, this is the first time that any of the sisters had been in war. That was an entirely new development for her, watching her father die before her eyes, having to deal with the King of Hybron, killing the King of Hybron. That was her first kill. And then, like you said, watching Cassian almost die twice. Like, it's, it's a lot for a girl. And like... It, to me, I just was like, something's going to happen. Something's going to give. She's going to snap. And like, I think that's where, hopefully that's where the story of A Court of Silver Flames comes into place. And maybe that'll help, you know, figure mm-hmm. out all of this stuff for her. But right now, it does look like she's going back into herself. She's like reverting back into the Nesta that she was prior. Right. And I find it really interesting that Elaine was like, should we help her? It shows a, a little bit of progress that Elaine has made yeah. throughout um, yeah. her transformation as well. I mean, she's still stupid. Oh, she's very stupid. Another thing that happens here is like, while everybody is basically kind of celebrating coming back, Lucian remained back there to like, remain back at the war camp to help the humans. And yes. Feyre, because Tamlin dipped after that meeting, he was out. Feyre handed Lucian a note to give to Tamlin that basically said, thank you. I hope you find happiness too. I think this says a lot. I think that's the closure and the ending to that relationship that needed to happen. Yes. It's, it's like everything that we've been talking about. Like they, but they both, well, Feyre has found her peace. Facts. Yes. But now she's like, she's accepted it and moved on. And he himself, which is a big deal. Yeah. He has accepted it. And moved on. Or at least he started to accept it and is slowly moving on. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that was a really big deal for him because like we said, that love started to turn into It was obsession way too much, and yeah. Yeah, it was too much. And I think that it's good for us now to see him letting go. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, the only thing that I wanted to point out at the end that I had a question about does Nesta still have her powers? They don't talk about it. They don't even um they, they don't. don't even allude to it. She just seems to mm-hmm. go in herself and that's it. So we don't even know if when the cauldron broke, it took back the powers. We don't know if when mm-hmm. it broke, it also broke her in some sense, in some way. In reality, Nesta is an enigma. We don't really know what the fuck went down. Right. So I I'm really interested to to see if. If she still has her powers, and if so, what she is going to do with yeah. them. So then we move into chapter 81, and it's Reese's point of view. Yeah. This was actually a little bit heartbreaking for me Aww. because he's standing in the kitchen and everyone else is in the other room. They're laughing, they're talking, they're drinking. Cassian and Asriel come to check on Reese and they're like, hey, like, why are you standing in here? And Reese kind of has a moment, almost like Farah had a moment in the cave when he came back. He's standing in there. He's listening to them talk. He's listening to Farah's lab. And he's like touching his chest like, like, is this real? Am I here? Or did I actually die yeah. in that cave? And Azrael's like, no, you're here. This is real. Oh, it broke my heart. And it also reminded me of um the end of Mockingjay. Oh, yeah. Where... Katniss had to keep reassuring Peter. Yeah, it just, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. It's just, unfortunately, it's just Reese 
this is more trauma to add to his already trauma, like already list of trauma. And so like to him, it was just very much, I think he just couldn't believe that they brought him back. I think he, he was really dead set on dying and making sure everybody was safe and good and that if he had to sacrifice himself, then that was okay. I need him to stop doing that shit. Everybody needs him to stop doing that shit. <laughs> um, and I don't think he expected to come back. And now that he is back, it's very much like, I think he was at peace with his decision to die. And so now that he is mm-hmm. back, it's kind of like, oh, like I'm living. Like I still have time. It's a lot for him to wrap his head around. Yeah, it was just very... Very heart-wrenching for me. Yeah. And then we get to the final chapter in this book. 82. Feyre and Reese finally get some alone time. They're up on the roof. Reese tells Feyre that when he was gone, he heard her calling for him. Yeah. And like like he said before, he kind of held on to that so that he could come back. We also learned that Broxus has gone Broxus missing. made an escape after the war. This man was like, bet Broxus I'm out. Dipped. Like, where did he go? That's what they're trying to figure out. So like Reese is just like, so Braxis never came back. And Faye was like, so you telling me I'm going to go have to hunt this man down and bring him back to the library. And like Reese is like, yeah. basically, you're going to have to. Yeah. Can you imagine him just having at it with all the mortals? Oh my God. Especially because there's no wall. There's no wall anymore. Yes. So this <laughs> Braxis could be out in the mortal realm and nobody would know. Oh my God. Bra- <gasps> Braxis caught a boat. <laughs> He back with Miriam. like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the the one big thing from that chapter. And then at the end, it kind of wraps itself up in a neat little bow. Reese shoots up into the sky with Feyre in his arms. And then Feyre actually summons her own wings and they fly together. Over Valaris, over their, their home. I was like, not this bitch being able to summon her wings and fly on her own. <laughs> But they like, it's funny because they say they see everything together and Feyre is like a gift. All of it is like a gift. Yeah. I was just like, okay. I, I'm not going to lie. I love that ending. And it you was know, really cute. I don't really do like sappy shit, but that was a cute ending. It was a very cute ending to wrap up Feyre's story with Reese. Yeah. I think that's what, that yeah, was a really was. nice ending. Yeah. Now that we are done the entire book, what would you rate it? A five out of five. That was a really good book. I was going back and forth between a 4.5 and a five mm-hmm. only because at certain parts of the book, there was so much information. I was like, bitch, slow down, slow yeah, down. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And I felt like there were some parts that probably could have been shortened or cut out. Like the High Lords meeting went on for way too I long. I agree with you there. But those are just like nitpicky yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. I still thought that the writing was phenomenal. Um, the character development yes. bitch was chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. I really like that the characters, all of the characters are complex. Yeah. It's not a, a black and white character. It's not a, oh, I like this character. I hate this character. It's a very much complex community of characters where it's like, yes. you may hate them one minute, but have an entirely, un- like, understand certain things about that character in the next. And it was just kind of like, right. oh. Okay. It's like my gut, my mind. Right. <laughs> my brain is Exactly. Fucked. But I, I enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. Especially because, you know, Sarah likes to like take her time and go through things. Like not take her time, take her time. But she puts all of the action yeah. in like the last 10 to 15 chapters. Correct. Definitely noticed that. Like she likes to give people like a little mini heart attack. Yeah, at the very end. To go off into the next book. Exactly. But yeah, I would. I would say putting all of those things together 
And I think really, like I said, it was the character development mm-hmm. that came into play for me. I would give it just based off of that and the writing a five. Yeah. It was a good book. Most yeah. definitely. It was a very good book. And I'm I'm glad that we continued on with the series because A Court of Mist and Fury was great. Yes. But this That one was it. This is amazing. That one was it. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so far, my favorite book in the series. So what Morgan and I have decided is the next book in the series is A Court of Frost and Starlight. However, yes. this book is very, very short. And from what people have told us is more of a novella type of book than it is an actual, like, I guess, series type of book. Um, so we've decided that that book is going to take only one episode. Yep. Um, it's going to be extra content or regular episode. Um, I think we could just do it as a regular episode. episode. What we're going to do is we're not going to break it down nah. chapter by chapter. So we're just going to talk about the book overall. Exactly. So it's going to be slightly different the next episode. And then after that book, because that's only one episode, we are going to jump into A Court of Silver Flames, which is Nesta and Cassian's story. From Because you're relentless. You're all relentless. Right. We have to continue. And that currently brings us up to date with the series of A Court of Thorns and Roses. So after that, there there are, from what people have told us, two two or three? Um, yeah, I think she's writing two more, two books, more books for the Akatar series. They haven't been disclosed yet. I don't think that there's any information on that yeah. yet. So we would, after A Court of Silver Flames, we will have finished the Akatar series. Mm-hmm. And we are looking for new recommendations. Yes. We are jumping out of Sarah J. Moss. Yes. And into something else. And then we will come back to Sarah J. Moss. As we always so don't come do. come on here being like, oh, you should read Throne of Glass. I know we should read Throne of Glass. We will get we there. Read Throne of Glass. But right now. We will get there. <laughs> there's a lot of Sarah J. Moss going on in the past couple of right. months. And I just, I need a short reprieve. Right. Exactly. Because she's been fucking with my mind and my heart. Okay. Oh my God. The roller coasters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So with that. Oh. Do you have anything yeah. to say? Um, no. Just make sure you follow us on social media at YA at Heart Podcast on IG and on TikTok. Yes. Um, but with that, we want to say thank you guys for joining us. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We love you. And always stay YA at Heart. Bye. Bye.